0: We're back. Welcome back to a long-awaited re-debut of Top of the Hill. I'm joined by Tyler Kirk, my former co-host, and my good friend, and my draft aficionado. And what better way to bring back Top of the Hill? Than to do it after the first round of the NFL draft tonight we're going to do a first round NFL draft reaction Tyler did a mock it came out this morning he did really well on it we'll get to that uh, we also have an interview with the Dirty Turtles podcast we got Brandon Nate and Jonas to jump on with us and kind of went through all their thoughts and that that's going to be the meat of this uh, we had some really great points and we actually recorded that before we did this so we don't need to waste your time and talk about stuff twice but Tyler. I just did a lot of talking. Let's start with you. You did a mock draft, and I asked you before we started tonight to count up, not specifically how many picks you got right, so and speak, the team, to the player, because when the draft starts, all the mock drafts go out the window. How did you do in your mock draft in terms of getting first-round players in the first round?
1: Yeah, I did good. Um, I correctly picked 26 out of the 31. The ones that missed were Will Levis, which pretty sure everyone missed on, uh Joey Porter Jr., Brian Branch. And can't remember. Oh, I, I picked Trent Sim Simpson to the Bills. I didn't I wasn't really confident on that. I just thought that the Bills would be desperate to uh replace um, their their former linebacker they just lost to the Bears. Can't remember his name right now, but
0: yeah, and according to a projection or a, a statistic from ESPN, Levis had a 0.1% chance of not going in the first round tonight. So like like you said, I, I think everybody kind of had him going somewhere in the first round. They kind of had four quarterbacks that were going to get picked tonight, only three go. And, and that feels like the spot to turn kind of and talk about the quarterbacks. Bryce Young went one. That kind of was kind of the preconceived notion coming in. Everybody kind of thought the Panthers were going to go with Young. Stroud Stroud was talked about going like outside the top 10, talking about his scores on testing and stuff like that. He ends up going at two. And then you get Richardson at four. That was kind of foreseen. People were saying it was going to be Levis or Richardson. I never, in my mind, I didn't, and I'm not going to sugarcoat and pretend I did a ton of extensive draft research leading up to it. I didn't because with the Lamar Jackson situation, which we'll get to in a second, but I want to talk draft. Um, I just, I didn't tune into it cause I had the, the Ravens to me were going to be so in flux, but I I had Richardson higher on my board than, than I had Levis just because he might've been a raw talent, so to speak, that was kind of the knock on him, but just the athleticism, you see it and you're just like, why would you not want to take a shot there? Like you're taking a gamble. If you're taking a quarterback, why would you not want to take that gamble? Um, the, the quarterbacks that went the three that went tonight, young shroud and Richardson, in, in your opinion, kind of, I mean, and this is snap decisions. The draft just happened. It's 12.42 a.m. We're recording.
1: Who do you think set up for the best success right away? Um, Definitely Young. I mean, the Panthers, they may not have the receivers right now, but they have a decent offensive line, and they have a good defense, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think Young was definitely the best quarterback out of the bunch. Richardson probably has the highest ceiling. But it may take a year or two to get there.
0: Yeah, and then uh, just to to continue talking about quarterbacks, I get to a baseball field. I'm on my way there today, and I get a message from from Brandon, actually the Dirty Turtles, and it's something to do with the Ravens, like making a big move. And then I check my phone, and it's Lamar Jackson got his deal. It's from the NFL. The Lamar Jackson and the Ravens agree to an extension. And let me just say, hallelujah. I can't even talk right now. I was so happy. Me and uh Jason Kutcher of Total Talk. If you've ever listened to any of those podcasts, he's been telling me Lamar's gone for like the last year. He was one of my first calls after this happened. I told him I'm not ever taking another take from him again. I'm not listening. I wouldn't buy in. And I'm so thankful that the Ravens, because and we've talked about this leading up to this draft completely. The AFC specifically is so stacked at the quarterback position that if the Ravens didn't bring Lamar back, it's why do not even just blow the whole thing up at that point? Mm-hmm. Cause you're not going to compete with the Patrick Mahomes. You're not going to compete with Josh Allen. Now Aaron Rodgers comes to the AFC. So it's just very, very good. He ends up getting five for 260, 260 million, 185 guaranteed. I was looking at uh sports center was showing some different spots where he ranks. It's the second most money ever, uh, the highest annual value ever. And I think it was the third most guaranteed ever, something like that. It works out so they were able to come to an agreement and it was reported the, cause he didn't have an agent. The 3% worked out to like 7.3 million or something like that. So it said he gave it to his mom, which it, it's, it's good that this all just ended in a good story. And it wasn't, I had to watch Lamar Jackson be successful for a decade somewhere else. Um, that's me sounding off on the Ravens. Well, and, and uh, I guess we'll we'll stay on the Ravens is they took Zay Flowers. I wanted them to go corner just because I, I love a storyline. If you know anything about me, you know, I love a storyline. And Deontay Banks was still there from Maryland, short trip from college park up to Baltimore. Like, and I just don't see Marcus Peters coming back. I think he'll be too expensive. So the second corner kind of becomes a question mark. So, but I'm not going to hate on Zay Flowers. And I said this to you before we started recording anything tonight is I'd rather, I'd rather have an embarrassment of riches, Um, I'd rather have too much too many mouths to feed so to speak that the Ravens never end up in a position like last year where James Prochet is wide receiver number three because he's just not proven and if they're going to really compete for a Super Bowl put as many pieces as you can we've seen it like with the Eagles with other teams for example Um, so I'm I'm okay with the Zay Flowers pick. I'm not going to pretend like I had him higher than other receivers on the board because I I just didn't know. Where in the receiver class did he kind of fall, in your opinion, and did you like that pick in that
1: spot? Oh, 100%. Um, JSN, I think, to me at least, was a clear-cut wide receiver one in this class. I think Zay Flowers, though, was a very close number two. After that, I had Jordan Addison and then Quentin Johnston. Um, but Zay Flowers, I mean, he's only five eight and like one eighty-five, maybe, but he is so explosive. He 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 will be a great slot receiver to pair with OBJ and um Rashad Bateman.
2: For
0: sure. And then so let's let's just let's turn to and like I said, we went through so much of this later on with the Dirty Turtles. Let's just turn to the draft. And and you were texting me about this in real time, and we spent so much time talking about it preparing to record tonight the biggest loser tonight has to be the Detroit lions. And it's not necessarily that they got players that aren't talented players that won't contribute to their team. It's that they reached two guys. They get Jameer Gibbs at 12 and they go get Jack Campbell. I believe it was at 18, 17 or 18 (laughs) 18. in the top 20, you make two picks and it's two guys that you could have gotten so much later. But like I said, you're my, you're my draft aficionado. So I'm going to again, leave
1: the floor up to you for that. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this with uh, the other guys, but I don't know. I mean, to me, I don't know if you said it, but it's like if you're going to draft a running back in the first round, why not just take Bijan at number six? I mean, I get it. You get the extra draft capital and whatnot from the trade down or yeah, the trade down to number 12, but it, it just makes no sense to me in this, in, in 2023, Drafting a running back and a linebacker in the first round is just—it's unheard of. The 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 draft value in those positions right now, is just not there. And they could have gotten way better draft value guys, but I mean, like you said, they're probably gonna end up being good contributors to the team. I think J- I think Jack Campbell will be a really good linebacker. He can—he's a very good run defender. He's. Not the best pass coverage linebacker, but I think he's going to fit really well in that line's defense. But yeah, like you said, they could have gotten them way later in the draft,
0: for sure. And then t- turning from losers to winners, uh, I think it's and it's almost unbelievable considering they played in the Super Bowl last year. I mean, they didn't win the Eagles. But to get Jalen Carter at nine, to, to be able to come up one pick and get Jalen Carter at nine, and then to just sit back and wait. And with your pick, with pick 30, right? The Eagles pick that they earned from the season, Nolan Smith's still sitting there. Um, that might've been at 29, not at 30, wherever they picked him at. No, it, was a- it was at 30. So to to get two Georgia defenders and people forget, like these are two members of the Georgia defense. Like that was one of the best defensive units, not, not so to speak last year, but the year before, like, and so you, you pair them with Jordan Davis. You pair them with – they have one other guy. Oh, Nicobe Dean. So that's four, four Georgia defenders in your front seven. And we know SEC guys translate to the league well. It just it, – it's, it's one of those rich keep-getting-richer moments,
1: right? I mean, here's the thing, too. The Eagles led the NFL in sacks last year as a defense. And they led the NFL by, like, what was it, 15, 20 sacks? Yeah, it was not that close. Yeah, it's just insane. And um I mean Jalen Carter, I think he him and Bryce Young are probably the two best players in this draft. And the fact that they got Jalen Carter at number nine, and then Nolan Smith, he didn't have a lot of sacks in college, but he is extremely fast. He ran a four four forty or something like that. Now he did he did tear his peck um sometime during last season, which I believe that probably was a reason that he kind of slid down a lot of people's draft boards. And he's also very under undersized for his position, but I think in the right scheme and that scheme is the Philadelphia Eagle Eagles, I think he'll be a phenomenal player.
0: Sure. And then, I mean, this is kind of flip flopped all around and it's just been that kind of day with everything that's going on. The, The last thing I have on my list of notes that I wanted to go through. And like I said, we'll get all more in depth to this in our interview. That was probably about 30 minutes or something like that, but Texans, They pick at two. Everybody, all you've been hearing all week is they might not be sold on the quarterback. They might just take the best defender. They might take Will Anderson. So they pick Stroud at two. They pick Stroud at two. It goes young. It goes Stroud. But then they trade back up to three and get Will Anderson. For a team that's been in disarray really since all the Deshaun Watson stuff, like they have just, they went from being expected to be an AFC contender with Watson to kind of going to the bottom of the barrel in terms of the AFC with Davis Mills starting. And don't get me wrong. He's serviceable, but he's not going to win you a AFC uh, South title. He's not going to win you playoff games. So they not only get their quarterback in the future, but they also get one of the best defensive prospect in years. I, I think you walk away from night one of the NFL draft as a Texans fan happier than you've been in a while. Do you think I'm crazy to say that?
1: No, definitely not. I mean, CJ Stroud, phenomenal player, Will Anderson Jr., phenomenal player. It It's kind of funny because so before the draft tonight, I, I mean, it was, it was, it was widely known that the Texans were like in love with Will Anderson Jr. So much to the fact that they thought people thought that they were going to draft him at number two. And then, not even take a quarterback or take a quarterback if they slid to 12. And the fact that they gave up a first next year, so they have two firsts, they have their own first, and then they have the Browns first from the Deshaun Watson trade for next year. And they traded their own first in the pick to come back up and get Will Anderson jr. So, I mean, the fact that they did that, I think that means they're pretty high on CJ Stroud because that would base, that would probably put them out of the running for Caleb Williams next year who's probably going to go number one overall. But, I mean, no, you're not wrong at all. I I think C.J. Stroud is, you know, a great quarterback, and I think he'll be fine in the Texans. And then Will Anderson Jr. is, you know, your quarterback of that defense.
0: For sure. And and I just – it was – Very exciting night watching the draft. Sometimes you watch the draft and it's just boring. Everything kind of goes rock chalk like it's supposed to go. Like they say when it comes to NCAA tournaments, like it goes the way it's supposed to go. But tonight just felt exciting and different. Even offensive tackles going off the board, which aren't necessarily sexy picks. It felt like every time the tackle got drafted, they're like, this guy is bona fide to project somewhere on their offensive line that they were going to. Um, I don't want to waste any more time. We did a great interview with the Dirty Turtles. So let's let's turn it over to past us and the Dirty Turtles and we'll do that interview right now. All righty. So now we want to welcome on the Dirty Turtles podcast. We got all three of them joining us here just immediately after the first round ended. And before we do any draft talk at all, I, I think I want to start with the Lamar Jackson news came in right about four 30 Eastern today. And, and that being said, he signed five years, 260 million 185 guaranteed. And I'm just going to kind of let, let you guys have the floor. What are what are your initial thoughts on it all? Go ahead.
2: Yeah, no, uh, I was super pumped when I got the news. Uh, I kind of stopped following it mainly because it's been going on for seemingly forever. And so I will just like, until I get a definitive answer, I'm not, and worry about it and we got the news today and it was just a great day.
3: I think I was telling Brandon that being on Raven's Twitter is some of the most toxic stuff you've been you can go through right now and it's made me hate Twitter for a long time. This has been the first like good day in a long time and um, I feel like we deserve it. Uh, yeah. It's really good to have him back. He's our guy so I feel great. We, we've been feeling great for a long time.
4: As somebody that's been on the outside looking in not having their perspective of it because they're both Ravens fans and I'm a commanders fan. I thought he was gone. I thought he was, there was no shot he was coming back. So the fact that he was, the Ravens were able to work something out. I think, I think the contract is a little much. I think it's still a little bit of an overpay, but I feel like they had to do that in order to get him back. And I think they did the right thing. They paid their guy and then they gave him a weapon tonight and now they're they're going to be clicking on all cylinders, I think, come September.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And I just I had buddies and all. I had some friends that were like, oh, he's gone. He, he's out of town. He's he's not coming back. And I just I I didn't want to live in that world. So I chose not to. And so it's very, very nice to have him back. But I guess shifting to, to talk about the draft. I know you guys, I'm pretty sure, did a mock draft on Thursday, or at least that's when it came out. Um What was, for you guys, what was the first pick? Because we're not going to go through everything. But what was the first pick where you were kind of just like, whoa, like you didn't see that coming? I think it's a trade, right? The the Texans? Yeah. So
4: we were expecting somebody to come up to three and trade with Arizona. I thought it was going to be the Titans. So did I. Mm Because we, I think we didn't mock Anderson, too. And when we did our mock, we mocked Stroud, too. But we kind of all had the feeling that, Um, Anderson could go two and then three would be a good spot for somebody to trade up for Stroud. So I thought that was going to be Tennessee, but when it was the Texans who had just taken Stroud and then they come back up to three Mm -hmm. and take Anderson and right off the bat, you get two of the top five all around best prospects in the entire class. I think that was big. And then right after with the Colts going Richardson over Levis, I think that was really interesting. I thought it was going to be Richardson the whole time. They both thought it was going to be Levis. But then to see Richardson go and then Levis get out of the first round completely really shows that the league is much lower on Levis than all the experts were.
0: Yeah. And and I just now, Tyler, I kind of want to turn it over to you um, and we'll get at this deeper in like the rest of the podcast and all that. But you were you were much more extensive in the draft coverage this year than I was. You did your mock the other day. And how many did you get right out of 31? You said something like 26.
1: Yeah, 26. So,
0: so, I mean, just pitch them anything. Where where do you kind of want to go from here?
1: I mean, I think the biggest thing for me. So I agree with you guys. I so I actually had Bo Anderson mocked at two to the Texans. I think the reason they took Stroud, too, was because if they didn't take him at two, I think the Titans would have jumped up to three. So I agree with you guys there. Um, my biggest thing, probably, in the top ten at least, I think the Jalen Carter fall. I mean, obviously, all the stuff with like his character concerns and the whole car accident and all that stuff, but the fact that the Eagles got him, I think, is absolutely absurd. I don't know about how you guys feel about it, but
3: it's dangerous for sure. It's it's really dangerous because if he pans out the correct way, the Eagles could have a stacked D e line for years to come um,
1: for sure. hundred percent. That is a dangerous pick for sure. I mean, I think, so I, I honestly thought that the bears were going to take him at nine. I was kind of shocked that they traded back one pick. Obviously he didn't have a good interview with them or something. They, they didn't feel that something was right, but the fact that, they could have gotten him after trading back from number one was insane to me.
4: Yeah, I think you at that point, with there's so much disparity in this class as to what the rankings are going to be, especially like after that top 10 to 15, like we saw it with uh Jack Campbell at 18 to Detroit, like that kind of came out of nowhere, um, in my opinion. So the fact that you had arguably the best player the best all-around athlete in the class, in turn at that position, maybe on the defensive side of the football as a whole. At nine, and you decide to take the extra couple picks, and then go offensive line. I thought that was not necessarily the wrong
1: move, but definitely eye-opening for sure. I personally, I feel like it kind of was the wrong move. I mean, D- Darnell Wright's a great tackle. I think he's going to be a great player in the NFL, but. I'm pretty sure the Bears were last in the league in sacks last year. So the fact that they didn't address their their defensive line, kind of shocking to me, but.
0: Yeah, and then um, I just kind of want to turn it to you guys now, and Tyler, you and I got into this a lot already, is we did not like what we saw from the Detroit Lions tonight. What were, what were your guys' takes kind of on that while it was happening?
2: Yeah, no, I don't think any of us thought the Lions had a good draft. I think to get Jameer Gibbs as high as they did, uh that was really bad. They could have gotten him later. And then also doubling down with the Jack Campbell pick. It it was just poor overall. Yeah,
4: I think like two of the biggest cardinal sins in the first round of the NFL draft are taking a running back and taking a linebacker. And they managed to do both of those within seven picks of each other. Like, I guess you can give them the um silver lining of they traded back from six and were able to accumulate some picks. Um, maybe get they have they maybe they find a little more depth in the later rounds, but I mean you already have DeAndre Swift and David Montgomery. Like I get Swift's contracts running out soon, but you just signed Montgomery to a three-year deal. You let Jamal Williams walk for a reason so you could get Montgomery, and now you're spending a top fifteen pick on a running back that you could have gotten late in the first round if you traded back again, and then you go with the linebacker who nobody. Nobody was going to take a linebacker in the first round. Nobody, and the fact that you took him at eighteen, I just thought that was—I don't—I don't, I don't want to say the worst move in like recent memory because I'm sure there's something a lot worse, but that, that was just blew my mind.
3: I think it's yeah. sad on all parts because Jameer Gibbs was a really great prospect, and if he went to the right place, he could have had a real impact. But like you're totally right, the Lions have a crazy stacked uh, running back room, and. They, they should not have taken running back at pick 12. Was it 12? Yeah, 12. yeah, I mean, it's like, it's it's. I don't even understand it. How can you possibly rate him that high? Um, it sucks on all accounts because Jameer Gibbs could have had a really great spot in the NFL and the Lions totally messed it up.
1: I mean, to me, I think both Jameer Gibbs and Jack Campbell would be like good players on their team. But like you guys are saying, I, I told Logan, I said the only other team I think would have picked Jameer Gibbs in the first round was probably the Bengals. And they didn't pick until 28. So, to yeah. me, it, it makes absolutely no sense, just like you are saying, Montgomery and um, Swift. I think they're probably going to move off of Swift. I think he's heading into his last year, maybe. Yeah, or, for right sure. It. I agree. But to take him at number 12 is just baffling to me. But Like, why not stick and pick at six and go Bijan if you're going to yeah. get a
4: running back that high? For sure. Like. Yeah. I, I think Dallas could have also taken Gibbs at 26. Yeah, that is true. Yeah.
0: Well, and so, Nate, you kind of let me right into it. What? How high are you guys on B. John Robinson as a prospect, and how high are you on him as a rookie going to Atlanta, where the quarterback situation still – I mean, it's not technically up in the air. They have Ritter. He's going to be their guy heading into this season. But it's not a, a pre-established offensive team that that you really know what's going to come.
3: Yeah. I think I think a lot of the uh, NFL draft um, analysts have talked about Bijan as this like top five, top ten prospect, and it doesn't matter how high of a rating you give him, he's still a running back, and there's no reason why a running back should be getting drafted in the top ten. Um, the Falcons, the Falcons might have an elite core of offensive weapons now, but it doesn't matter. I, I don't think Bijan makes any impact. I don't. I think the NFL is in this stage of valuing the correct positions and
2: there's just no reason to drop to running back at number eight that doesn't make any sense to me yeah I think if he went to the Eagles like because they just were in the Super Bowl they've kind of got a, an experienced group a well-rounded team if he went there that would have been a good pick but yeah to the Falcons when they need so much more it didn't really make much sense
4: yeah I think defense would have been the right pick for Atlanta specifically but Bijan as a prospect to go back to your question Logan I think he's a great player I think he's going to have a phenomenal impact on this league. I think he's one of the more well-balanced running back prospects we've seen in a pretty long time. Um, I think he is deserving of the eighth overall selection. Would I have taken him at eight? No. Just because what to Jonas's points, the like value of running backs mm-hmm. is not where it was five years ago when Barkley went number two overall. So I, and I in terms of him making the impact on Atlanta, I think he is gonna make a significant impact. They kind of had the running back by committee last year with the young guys like Algier. I think Bijan slides in, starts day one, and you have a nice number two in Algier.
0: For sure. And then just very quickly before I forget, I want to I want to kind of turn it over to you, Nate and Tyler. Let's let's talk commanders, cornerback. It was Emmanuel Forbes, right? Uh, what they picked yeah. at 15, 16. 16. A, a, a lot of corners were still there on the board. That pick in that spot, do you guys like it? Are you high on it? What are your feelings right now?
1: So me personally, I was very shocked because Christian Gonzalez was still on the board who got picked at 17 right right after them with the Patriots. I knew that they were pretty high on Forbes, and I'm pretty high on him as, as well. I mean, he, I'm pretty sure he holds a college record for most pick six, sixes in a career with like yeah, six. 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 Um yeah. To me, I would have tried to trade back be just because the only corner off the board up until 16 was Devin Witherspoon. So you still had the players of uh, Christian Gonzalez and Deontay Banks. And I think a lot more teams were probably higher on them. But to me, I mean, I think Forbes is a playmaker. He's a ball hawk. I think it's a good pick. Um, but I would have liked them to trade back and get some more draft capital. What about you, Nate? Yeah, I'd say... Trading back is
4: always going to be an option with this regime. Um, But it's also there. We've seen it the past couple of years. They they have their one guy and they don't care where they are picking. They're going to take who they think their guy is. It was Jamin Davis two years ago last year where they went with Jahan after trading back. And that worked out really well uh, because they got Brian and Sam out of that as well. Um, but then you also saw like Fiderian Mathis at pick in the second round last year. Like that didn't make any sense really immediately, but they have a guy, they just have their guys. And even though Gonzalez is arguably the better prospect and could have a greater impact right off the jump, I think Forbes is a very raw guy. I think he, I mean, obviously he's going to need to add some weight and that's just going to come with getting into, um, the room and getting with the strength coaches and all that. But I, I think he's going to slide, slide in nicely. I think he's a good scheme fit for the team because he's not going to be the guy that's got to do everything. They got great safeties, Cam Crow, Derek Forrest. You have Kendall Fuller and Benjamin St. Juiced on either side and you have a lot of versatility. You can play Forbes on the outside. You can play him in the nickel. You can play Kendall Fuller in the nickel as well. So I I think he might have some growing pains, throughout the first couple of weeks of the season, but I, I think he'll settle in nicely. Off the, I wanted Gonzalez off the jump, but I think, I think Forbes is going to work out just fine.
0: For sure. And then now at Brandon and Jonas, I want to turn it to you guys as, as Ravens fans, when you go to bed tonight and you think about this Ravens offense next year with Lamar coming back for five years with OBJ signing a couple of weeks ago, and now adding Zay flowers. What, what do you think the peak for this offense is heading into next year? Um I told Brandon
3: tonight this is a top 3 night for me as a Ravens fan as long as I've been watching it because um you're right Logan the potential is here completely and I'm very high on this team as I usually am Zay Flowers adds an element to this offense that could make it something dangerous because I think Lamar has never had anywhere close to the kind of options that he's going to have this year in terms of just versatility in the open field so Yes, Lamar is going to have the potential to have an incredible season. This offense as a whole is going to have an incredible season. I have very high expectations for this team now, now that they have their star quarterback back and an offensive weapon that can truly make a difference, especially with Rashad Bateman still here. Odell Beckham could provide it's it's too much potential. I'm just gonna say that. It's just way too much potential for there to not be a bad season. Like I I think I think this is I think this might be the year for this whole collective unit.
2: Yeah, I mean. I'm very high on them. I don't know if I'm as high as you are. I am. Yeah. 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 But uh, I think that having uh, Monk in there also as the OC, mm-hmm. given that Lamar's back, the weapons, there's really no reason why they shouldn't be a top offense in the league. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to it. I'll leave it at that.
0: Um, Tyler, do you have anything else uh, draft specific you wanted to ask? I have two more questions for
1: you guys. Um. Probably, I mean, so obviously we talked about the Lions, like, absolutely destroying their draft in round one, at least in our opinions. I think the biggest winners, I mean, it's probably between the Texans and Eagles. To me, it's probably the Eagles just because, I mean, the Texans got two top five players, but the Eagles, I mean, they were picking at 10 and 30, and they got two top 10 players, in my opinion, and Nolan Smith and uh, Jalen Carter.
3: I totally agree with that assessment. Those are the two winners, the Eagles, because they have the potential to have the top player in this draft and the Texans, because they got two of the three blue chip players, I think in this draft. So a hundred percent, I totally agree with that.
4: Yeah. I'd say Texans Eagles. I also think Seattle did really well tonight. Um, yeah. I, cornerback, not their biggest need at five, but I think, going with Devin Witherspoon. If they, if they like him, they think he's BPA. I think you got to go with them there at five, especially with the way the board had fallen at that point where they obviously Carter would have been the best fit at that spot, but they would have taken him if they felt like he was a good fit for the team in terms of all the off the field stuff. So I think going with your next best option there was good. And then to get Smith and Jigba at 20, great value um again not really a necessarily a need but that just adds a whole nother element to this offense with Metcalf Lockett and Smith and Jigma you can do so much you can open up every level of the route concepts you can have any of those three guys can go to the, any of them can be in the middle and they're all so effective with the with yards after catch as well so I th- I think those are the three teams Texans Eagles and Seattle
1: yeah, I mean, it was all teams with two first-round picks. But going back to what you were saying with um JSN to this, to Seattle, I actually mocked him to Seattle. I thought that they would have to trade up a couple picks. But I, I think he's a great fit with them. And a lot of people probably, like, are wondering why are they taking him when they have DK and Lockett. But behind DK and Lockett, they don't have, like, anyone at all.
2: Yeah, no, I think... We all agree that they have one of the best receiving cores in the league now. Um, I, I think they have the best. Uh, I think that's the best trio there is. Um, and then if Gino plays like the way he did this season, it's, it's a top 10 offense.
0: Gino goat. Um, And thank you for getting to quarterbacks, Brandon, because that is my last prospect related question for you guys tonight is, uh, a lot of mocks we saw definitely Levis coming off the board in the first round, but also Hendon Hooker mocked a lot of spots in the back of the first round where where heading into the second and third round and day two and day three, where do you guys see as potential places that they could maybe fit in and get drafted to? So I think
4: Levis, I really would like to see Levis in Tampa Bay. I thought they were going to take him at 19. I really did. Um, I I forget with who they went with um They went
1: with uh, Klady Kla- or no? Yeah, Klady Cansey. Yeah, Can Cansey. That's, that's right. right.
4: That's right. Yeah, I yeah I think they sh- not necessarily should have gone Levis. I think that is going to be a good fit though yeah. for Levis Hooker. That's that's tricky. I feel like Minnesota would be a good spot for him because he get he gets to rehab. There's no pressure to play right away. And let's be real, Minnesota is not going to go anywhere with Kirk Cousins. That's just beating a dead horse. So the fact that you can move off that contract after a year or two, let let Hooker learn behind. He is a veteran. He's a good veteran quarterback to learn behind.
2: So I feel like Tampa for Levis, Minnesota for Hooker. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, I also thought Levis was going 19, uh, since he didn't go four. I thought he was going 19 to Tampa. That didn't work out. So I think they could definitely snag him in the second round, and then. I think Minnesota would be a good spot for Hendon. Um, I mean, yeah, Kirk Cousins is getting old. They're going to need a guy to replace him. And so if you could groom him for a year, that'd be great. I agree with the
3: Tampa Bay pick. I think that's the best spot for him. And in terms of Hendon, um, I still like him in Seattle. I think Gino could be a great uh, role model for what could be a, like Hendon's has the experience and he has the ability. It's the question of if he can handle a, uh, a 17-week season. I, I don't know if he can do that, but if he can, I, I think Seattle's a legitimate spot for him, and Gino is the legitimate vet to teach him what he needs to know. So I, I think I think that's the perfect spot for him, and I, I know our friend Duncan Irvin would be very happy if Hendon
1: was there. Now, did you guys believe any of the rumors about Hendon going into the first round? Because me personally, I did not see it at all because – I don't think so, no. I mean, he's like – I think he's 25. He's, he just tore his ACL at the end of his last season a couple months ago. And the, the offense that they were running in Tennessee, it just wasn't pro-style football. And to be a 25-year-old rookie coming into the NFL, I mean, you don't really have much upside other than what you are right then. And right. I, mean, I don't know. I, I agree, though. I think he would be a good fit in either Seattle or with Minnesota. Um, that,
3: that's not to say that Hendon doesn't have the potential to maybe make an impact in the league. Like I, I think yeah. it's still there. He has it, Tennessee. You're you're right about a lot of the stuff you said, but they still have shown like the ability to, like he he could really make an impact in the league. I think for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where okay. do you think you think Will Lovis will be taken off the board soon in uh, round two?
4: I think he'll go like first eight picks of the second round. I think if he makes it to forty, somebody will trade up. I don't really know the layout of the second round. It's all traded picks at that point. Um, I I think it would be interesting though. I saw the Rams have a pick early in the second round. I think that could be a sleeper for Levis because that whole team is now in a situation where you have Stafford who just coming off a neck injury that, you know, it, that could be something similar to what Peyton Manning had, where you you just don't know, right? You, any anything could happen, and then and but Peyton Manning is not the same, and Matt Stafford are not the same player. So I I feel like the Rams could go quarterback early in the second round. I don't know if they should do that with that being their first pick of the of the draft, but I I think that could be interesting. And with the way this draft's been so far, it, it wouldn't surprise me if. The Rams
1: went QB. I think the Raiders too are also another sleeper team. I mean, the Rams have pick number five on day two, and then the Raiders are at pick number seven day two. I think the Raiders would probably be outside of the Colts, I think the Raiders are probably the second best fit for him. Mm-hmm. But
4: yeah, yeah. I, I just don't know how much but I feel like McDaniels is already on is already gonna be on a tight leash. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, Garoppolo seventy million dollars. I feel like they did that because they know they need to win and they need to do it fast. I don't think they're going to be willing to take a project on Levis.
1: But then again, it could buy him some more time, like an extra year. Is very true. Very true. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: So my my last question for you guys tonight, and and this has been awesome. Thank you guys for jumping on with us. Um, is you guys watched the whole draft from what I can understand? Because I was texting with Brandon a little bit, which which draft war room it's a two-sided question which one looks like it would have been the most fun to be in tonight if you guys can recall any of that and which one looks like it would have been the least fun in the world i have an answer for the least fun in the world but i'll let you guys kind of sound off on that
3: least fun um was the commanders for me i just that looked like a really really cheesy war room, and that's not
4: personal it's honestly the first time i've ever seen their war room on the broadcast, like I feel like that was a Snyder thing. It like they bad never bad. let that happen. It looked bad. Yeah, I mean, it was just it was a plain probably a reason yeah. why it hasn't been shown. Yeah, I don't have a good. I don't have a good one. I didn't notice. I I, I I think the Dallas war room is like extremely boring. Um, I That's feel like good. Jerry's just running the show. Like it's almost traumatizing seeing that, like when that comes up every year. And it's just like Jerry sitting in the middle and it's like a circle around him. It's creepy. like, that, it's just, re- it like really rubs me the wrong way. Um, but I think like Philadelphia's looked really fun to be in like a lot of energy. There also Houston's at the beginning, like a lot of energy there with D'Amico Ryan's. So he was pumped up and I, and rightfully so. I mean, he got two of the top talents in the draft.
2: I mean, yeah, I, Sorry, I thought I I agreed with Jonas about uh Washington. Okay, it, there you go. Wait, Logan,
0: I want to know who you thought was the best. No, well they, Nate Nate kind of hit the nail on the head because I was gonna say Dallas. It just looked like okay yeah. you you couldn't you couldn't speak out against anything Jerry had to say, and they seemed happy with the pick they made. But it was like we're happy because Jerry's telling us to be happy, not because like we're really excited. And there was no like shaking
4: hands afterwards. They were all kind of just like standing there and like clapping but then like i saw one person shake jerry's hand before they like cut off the feet if i was to make an overall statement about this
3: draft it was fun we had a great time watching there was a lot of excitement drama everything and it's why the draft is fun because you know one thing goes the wrong way and all of a sudden it's a completely different thing than everyone expected so i think tonight was a great example of that for sure
0: yeah, Jonas. And that, that kind of feels like a good place to leave this off. So, I mean, that was round one instant reaction from the Dirty Turtles. Thank you guys again for joining us. And I didn't shout you out by name. I got Jonas Evans, Nate Schwartz, and Brandon Schwartzberg here with us. Check out the Dirty Turtles pod wherever you get your podcasts. I'm sure you guys are going to have some more some more draft stuff coming out soon, right? Oh, Excellent. we definitely yeah. got to talk yeah. about this, yeah. All righty. Well, thank you guys again. And we'll talk at the end of the draft when things go final and all of our teams are Super Bowl contenders.
3: Yeah. Local thanks to go.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, thank guys. you. Thank you, guys. All right. So, coming out of that interview, it was great to have the Dirty Turtles on. They're doing some really good stuff. They're all still down there in College Park. I'm up here in Tawanda, but the College Park pipeline, we got a lot of, of football crazies down there. Let's just kind of wrap up, and, and we might do a longer, extensive show after the draft wraps up this weekend, leading into next week at some time. I have some other guests I want to bring on. They weren't available for an instant reaction. Heading into day two, which, correct me if I'm wrong, is rounds two and three. What is, I guess, um, one, who is a player you expect to see go sooner rather than later? And then is there just a a bold prediction you want to make for the next two rounds of the draft?
1: So the Steelers are up first. They got the first pick in the second round from the Bears trade when they traded Chase Claypool last year. I, I expect them to go Joey Porter Jr. here. Um, they have a really big need at corner, and, you know, he fits your scheme really well. A, play, What was your second question? A player that yes, – of- Just um,
0: uh, a bold prediction for something that may happen. I mean, there's still some really good prospects sitting out there or just – maybe a team moves up early into the second round, something like that. Just, just, I mean, we we do our hot takes on this show. Don't forget. It's been a while, but don't forget. We do our hot takes.
1: So, I mean, I, my top four players that are still available. Available are Will Levis, Michael Mayer, Joey Porter Jr. And Brian Branch. I think all four of them will probably get within the first 10 picks of the second round. I think Will Levis will probably get picked up by a team that he hasn't been as connected with. So I mean we kind of talked about this earlier, but I think it could be either the Rams who would pick at number five day two or the Raiders at number seven. Um if they don't, I don't know where he would go. Uh, maybe the Buccaneers, but I know that they probably don't pick for a while on, in round two.
0: Yeah, I um I don't I don't necessarily have a a take that I want to make. The the thing that's just come to my brain here in the late night hours um is my take is wherever uh, Will Levis ends up, I think, uh, for the sake of the take, I think he will end up starting just as many, if not more, games than at least one of the top three quarterbacks drafted this year. So that's Young, who figures probably, to be the day probably one starter. Stroud, who figures to be the day one starter. And even Richardson, who I don't know who, who you start over him, right? So, Minshew, was, what What was that? They have Gardner Minshew now, so hmm so yeah good. yeah but so that's that's my take is that wherever levis ends up is he'll end up starting just as many if not more games than at least one of those qbs it's kind of ambiguous and it leaves you to think and that gives me plenty of time to not be submitted to freezing cold takes but all that being said it was cool to get back on and, and do some podcasting again there isn't many events in the sports calendar like the nfl draft and I think this one in 2023 was a really fun one. That being said, keep an eye out for something next week, um, some more written content. We're trying to get stuff rolling again because I'm excited for you to go 32 for 32 in the 2024 mock. Yep, definitely. With that being said, we're signing off. Uh, We were back and now we're gone again. See you soon. See you.